Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. The base scripture from everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded. Much will be demanded from everyone who has been given much. Much more will be asked. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. What we're going to focus on this morning are the words that we say, how we talk. Is that really important? Do these things. Does what we say really matter? Well, let's look at the words of Jesus. This is in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. But I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You're not allowed to use the word condemned, Tom, in the modern church. Don't care. We read Bible verses here. This is all about the Word of God. This is all about the Bible. If the Bible costs me my ministerial career, then I shall retire. I will preach the Word of God and the Word of God by itself. If it offends, it offends. If it uplifts, it uplifts. If it tears down, it tears down to be built back up. That's where we stand. We stand in the Word of God. So do words matter? It says right here, every word of God that we speak, that you and I speak, we will give an account of it on the day of judgment. By our words, we are justified. By our words, we are condemned. It matters. What we say matters, and we are demanded. The things that we, one of the things that we are demanded to do is control our mouths. Amen. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required, much will be demanded, and we are required to control what we say. I want to put it to you this way. We're, we, are, we are required to control what we say, both the content and how much we say. A lot of people don't get that second one. A lot of people are more okay with the first part, the content, than they are how much. How many big talkers we got out here this morning? (laughs) I'm a big talker, so don't think that I'm standing in unrighteous judgment above you. I am not. I'm a big talker. It's one of my key struggles in life is my mouth and keeping my mouth shut. I believe that I'm right about everything that has not changed. I believe that not only am am I right about it, but I believe that everybody needs to hear about how right I am about it. So the Lord constantly tells me things. The Lord will tell me more often than he tells me to speak. He tells me to keep my mouth shut. And we'll look at that balance in just a minute. But let's focus on how much we say. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3. It says, for a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words. Things are not going, I want everybody to know something. If you've noticed that people have a tendency to retract from you while you're in the midst of talking, it's because you talk too much. People are like, you know what, man, this is a 15 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute, three hour commitment every time I ask that person how they're doing. You know, sometimes it's okay to just say, I'm fine. It's not going to change. There's never going to be the amount of words. You're never going to come to the place where you continue to talk and talk and talk where suddenly everybody's going to be okay with you. 
It's because you're talking too much. I've been there before. I understand it. Quiet right now. See, you think of people who are big talkers like that, they think, if I get, there's going to come to a place where I use so many words, eventually they have to accept me. It's not going to ever happen. All you're going to do is continue to make people retract from you because a fool's voice is known by his many words. Amen. I'll take it. If that's the only reaction I can get, I will take it. God bless you. See, that's a great mom right there. She's back there. She's poised at the door, ready, just in case. But it also provided something positive. Sorry to embarrass you. I love you. Let's look at the balance between three verses. We are told in 2 Timothy 4.2, you hear this one all the time around here, preach the word with an exclamation mark. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, right? So we are told to preach. Amen? Amen? Preaching is talking. We are told to speak to the mountain. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 and 22. We are told to pray. Speaking to the mountain is talking. Praying is talking. I'm going to just tell you something. Maybe some of you can pull off praying without talking, but it is rare. The one, I don't, I honestly, I don't trust people's spirituality when this is their prayer. I don't trust you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're saying. I certainly can't be in agreement with you. Speaking in tongues is talking. 1 Corinthians 4.18, speaking in tongues. Praying is talking. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, speaking to the mountain is talking. Prophesying is talking. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and 5, prophesying is talking. Witnessing, we are called to witness. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Witnessing of Jesus is talking. Asking is talking. Philippians 4, 6 and 4, 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Matthew 7, 7 and 7, 8. Asking is talking. So we're told to talk, but then comes Ecclesiastes 5.2. I just gave you 5.3 a minute ago. A, fool is known, a foolish person is known by their many words. And then you've got, we're told to talk, we're told to pray, we're told to witness, we're told to speak in tongues. But then here comes Ecclesiastes 5.2, that contradictive God, right? Probably not. Probably not. It's called balance. It's called being ruled by the Holy Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It's the reason why 99.9% .9 of churches closed is because they're not ruled by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit. They don't have discernment of the Holy Spirit. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know them because they're spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. People aren't led by the Spirit of God. There's balance. There's no contradiction in the Word of God. There's balance. We're told to talk, all those different things, speak to mountains, pray, prophesy, speak in tongues, all words, but then that daggum Ecclesiastes 5.2 comes in, do not be quick with your mouth, 
Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. God, what are you talking about? You want me to pray? You want me to speak in tongues? You want me to witness? You want me to move mountains? But you say, let my words be few? Well, what's the concepts found in Ecclesiastes 5.2? What are the concepts there? Is God telling you not to talk? He's saying, what does he say? Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. In other words, use discernment and use judgment. How many of you are ruled by this inclination? I gotta get it out. I gotta say it. I've told my wife this many times. You do not have to say things. You don't have to. Sometimes things just don't need to be said. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Just because you have a strong inclination to get it out doesn't mean that it's righteousness for you to get it out. Because that's carnality. That's nothing different than a burp. That's all that, that strong inclination is just biochemical reactions. You're supposed to sit back in judgment and say, should I say it? All of us should hesitate and go, Lord, should I say what I'm about to say? Because nine times out of 10, he'll probably say no. If you have a strong compulsion to say something, you probably should deny your flesh and wait. It says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. You see, because, you know why? Because right where we were before, in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and, 20, and 37, every idle word will be judged. That's why he's saying, do not be hasty in your heart to utter things before God. Because he's judging them, Tom. We've been told in the modern progressive abundant church and progressive church and coast church and compromised church, enabling church. We've been told God doesn't judge. God judges all the time. God judges the righteous and God is angry at the wicked every day. Psalm chapter seven, verse 11. He judges us. He judges the righteous. We should be sitting back and judging ourselves so that he does not have to judge. You should hold back. Don't be quick. Don't be hasty. Everybody will survive without the vibrations of your vocal cords. We'll all survive. Just like a baloney burp, we don't need to hear or smell those things. We'll survive. Now remember, we like won tickets when I played Pop Warner, and believe it's the same field as it is right now, all those years ago. We won tickets to a Tampa Bay game. And I was sitting there, this is old school, back in the sombrero. How many of y'all remember the sombrero? the old sombrero before the nice stadium. And it was concrete seats. It was, it was plastic seats on concrete. Long game, especially in the summertime. But anyway, I remember there was a guy sitting in front of me just hauling down one beer after another, and I was blessed. I was in the seventh grade, and I was blessed at one point, you are smashed up close to each other. My head was no further away from his than this, and I was in the row behind him. And I remember he just turned over, and he just goes, <laughs> and it just like, literally, I think I gained vitamins. I ate so much of what he put out that I think I actually gained calories. That's no different than talking when you don't need to be talking. It's a, bio, it's a, it's a biochemical reaction. It's a functioning of your body is all that it is. 
It's a compulsion to say things that don't need to be said. It's no different than that beer belch. Absolutely no different and no more of a blessing. (laughs) Believe me, I did not feel blessed. What that verse is saying is it's not saying don't speak. It's saying don't speak stupid things. You're not allowed to say stupid in the church. Don't care. You're not allowed to say Democratic Party from the pulpit. Well, get ready. (laughs) It says don't speak with stupidity. Speak with discernment and judgment. That's what it's saying because all the other verses do tell you to talk. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, very common verse that don't people only pay half attention to, only give credence to half of it. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has two powers, not one. Everybody uses this verse. Only in correlation would let your words be few. It's not what it says. It says the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So you can eat the fruit of the tongue for life. Or you can eat the fruit of the tongue in death. It's both. It's not that if the tongue was only evil, then why would God tell you to use it so often? He doesn't say meditate in front of the mountain. Like some sort of Hindu. Bring in your cows with you and go there and, uh, and hover in front of the mountain in silence and meditation, you and Gandhi. He says, speak to the mountain, right? He says, speak to it. Tell it to be removed. Well, the tongue has the power of life and death. God wouldn't tell you to do that if the tongue was only about death. And death isn't always bad. I'll tell you that in a minute. Matthew chapter 21, 18 and 19. The tongue, remember, has two powers. Here's Jesus. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, this would be like me if racetrack was closed. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it. There's nothing more disappointing in my life than when I walk up to the Slurpee machines at 7-Eleven and racetrack, of which I go every day of my life, and the daggum Slurpee machine's broken. Same thing. Me and Jesus, one accord. (laughs) Jesus is into the figs, I'm into the Slurpees, same thing. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away, so the tongue can bring death. But death is not always bad. It can be bad. It, you got to see all layers in this scripture. Sometimes you should use your tongue to kill stuff off. Sometimes you're using your tongue to wrongfully and stupidly kill things off. See all the layers here. Death is not always bad. Matthew 21, 21, and 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. You're supposed to take a mountain and kill it and put it in the sea. You should be speaking it. You should be praying over politicians not to kill them in their body, but to kill their careers. 
dead baby butchering, false conservatives, speak over them. Lord, ruin their career in Jesus' name. Speak it. Don't you dare, don't you throw at me that that's not loving. 60 million babies murdered every year. Don't you tell me about love. I won't speak to those things. I'll speak right to Ben Sass's face. I'll speak right to Mitt Romney's face as these people ushered in the greatest baby butchering hack in the history of our planet. And Joe Biden, you can take your righteousness and shove it up your own caboose. Speak to their career. Speak to their career, their unrighteousness. Speak to it and cast it down in Jesus' name. Do it. Cast, take that mountain and cast it into the sea. If the church would stand up and honestly understand what love is, because love is the word of God. Take it, use it, use the power that's been placed on your shoulders from whom much is given, much is demanded. Use it in Jesus' name. Use it. I know some of you are thinking, you're new. What on earth did I walk into this morning? This is the Bible. This is the word of God. This is the church is supposed to be militant, not passive. No one ever talks about the other half of this verse. They only use it to keep people quiet. There's times to be quiet. And there's times to speak into things. Speak death into things and speak life into things. The tongue also has the power of life, but as usual, people skip half of verses all the time. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's all people know of Hosea 4, 6. There's a whole second part of that verse. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. People use that as an excuse not to run to the light and not live in the truth. Well, I just didn't know any better. No, you rejected it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the tail end of Joshua 24, 15. The first part of it is, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. There's a lot of people, when I say cast down Ben Sass's career, they can consider that to be evil and unloving. It's because choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of the Amorites the gods of your father that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If the word of God is offensive to you, understand you're wrongfully offended. You should be speaking to cowards, political cowards, religious cowards, pastoral cowards, church cowards. You should be speaking to them. You should be praying that certain churches never come back to life. That's not very loving. Yes, it is. If they're unrighteous and following demons, you ought to pray that their church never reopens. You're like, that's just not loving. That's, that's the Bible. God is love. Jesus is love. Jesus is the word. So the word is loving. Second part of the verse. The tongue has the power of life and death. It's not the second part of the verse. Second concept in the verse. The tongue also brings life. This is mirrored in God himself. How many of you believe that your tongue actually can usher in literal, look at me now, literal life? Some of you aren't looking. I demand all attention be on me. The tongue has the power of life. How many of you honestly believe that your tongue can bring real life 
Like you can look at a dead flower and say, be alive, and it'll be alive. That's how you should believe. If you don't, you're wrong. Because you see, you and I were created in the image of God. Let's go deep in this. Psalm chapter 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord. Well, that's God. You're in covenant with God. You were given all of his stuff. Keep that in mind. Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. How did he make the heavens? Spoke it. He spoke it. That's all that he did. And, by, and all the host of them, all the angels, by the breath of his mouth. <laughs> angels. All the world be formed. He did it through Jesus in Colossians chapter 1. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. His words did it. You and I are created in his image, are we not? Amen. Then what should we be doing? Creating with our words. Oh, Tom, that sounds like new age thinking. No, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. It's got nothing to do with you. You are, a, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have all of his stuff. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. You have the right to speak things into existence. You have the power to do it. Well, I tried and it didn't work. What if you did that with your job? No, everybody gives God one chance. We screw up our lives for 40 years. We get righteous for four days. Oh, it didn't work. 40 years to the devil, four days to God, and then you claim the Bible doesn't work? You're supposed to supplicate, which means repeat by prayer and supplication. This, you know what? We're, a lot of us, all of us are just like the apostles. They couldn't cast out the demon. They came to Jesus. They said, why? He said, because of unbelief. Matthew 17, 21. Read it for yourself, 20 and 21. Instead of, instead of actually going, you know what, I'm going the Bible way, we just change our theology and say it doesn't work. I tried. You know, I gave God a solid three months of the 53 years I live on planet Earth, and it just daggum didn't work. There's unbelief in the camp. You, you have the power through what you say to bring literal life. You have, you have the power through what you say to bring literal death. You go up to a tumor and you say, I hate you. I curse you. I demand that you be gone. You have that power. And it will go. Well, I tried and it didn't work. Try again. Never quit. What's the difference? I said this in the first service. People scoff at you because it didn't work. Well, the person's dead anyway. Well, you know, you know we, we believe that you, know, you have to use wisdom. Yeah, just like you did with COVID, I know. We, you know, we believe and, you know, you prayed and it didn't work. Well, you didn't pray and it didn't work. So what's the difference? At least I'm trying. At least there's a chance with what I'm doing. There's zero chance with what you're doing. Jesus wants you to break through. The model of scripture is to fail and then go to Jesus. And he says it's unbelief. Happened over and over again. The same thing in Mark chapter 4, 37 through 41. He said the same thing again when they couldn't quell the wind and the seas. Same thing. Why is it? How why are you so faithful? How is it that you have no faith? Same thing again. Never preach to the church because it'll offend the wisdom class. The wisdom class can take all of their wisdom 
make a giant square out of it, sit on it, and shove it right up their own caboose again. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Man and women, he created them. You're created in his image, and by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. And you can't speak things into existence? Yes, you can. Through the covenant of Jesus, you can. And you should be. I tried and it didn't work. Knock it off. That's not the Bible. I tried and it didn't work. It's not the Bible, so cast it off. Your past experiences are not the Bible, so cast them off. I do. I just go, you know what? Somebody, I failed somehow or another. Why is everybody so afraid of that? Why is everybody afraid of saying I failed? Why is everybody afraid to say there's unbelief in the camp? Do it. It's the Bible. If the Bible offends you, you're wrongfully offended and wrong. You're wrongfully offended. Bonus, you're also wrong. It's mirrored. This, this whole image, this whole relationship that we have with God. We're created in his image. We're separated from God. So he creates a a lesser covenant with the law first, and then he creates the perfect covenant that makes us the temples of the indwelt presence of the Holy Spirit. Able, able, able to put out his power. Able to walk in his power. A lot of us are completely shut off to it because we've never seen it. It's your fault. Wrong church, I'm telling you. How many of you have been coming here for more than a month? Shout amen. Amen. You're amazing. Nobody survives this church. You see, I want you to, I don't want you to be an underperformer. I want you to raise the dead and give sight to the blind and win the lost. That's what you're called to do. And you do it through your verbiage. Just like God. Just like our heavenly Father. We're grafted in. Romans chapter 11, we are grafted in. We are sons and daughters of the living God. With all of his stuff, we are created in his image. You and I, every man, every woman, every child is created in his image. And therefore, when we enter into covenant with Jesus, we're endowed with all of his power. It doesn't matter if other Christians aren't living it. Though some may lead me, still I will follow. It's also mirrored in our new covenant relationship. Look, you hear this verse all the time around here. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. What shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Romans 8, 16 and 17, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. In Colossians chapter one, verse 15 and 16, it says that the world was created through Jesus. You and I are now in Jesus. So we have creation abilities. No, don't worry, you don't, don't be self-righteous because there's nothing to do with you. You only had to cooperate by saying, Lord, I believe. That's it. Don't, you don't need to worry about being prideful. I, you know, I love Christians use that as an excuse to underperform. 
Just like they use love as an excuse to underperform. I want to stay humble. I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to parade around in myself. But I want people, I want, if I, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, John chapter 12, verse 32, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. How do you draw men and women unto God if you yourself do nothing? If you're barely hanging on, when you're espousing the theology of the God who's great once you're dead, it doesn't work. That's why nobody gets saved in America. People get saved, Tom, yeah, a trickle, a trickle. If we did what Jesus did, they were following him around from town to town barefoot, walking on rocks. A lot of us wouldn't follow Jesus from town to town unless our Ford Explorer had AC. (laughs) He was a show so worth seeing that in a desert mountainous desert with rocks and bare feet and crummy sandals. They were running from town to town to follow him, to watch him raise the dead, to have him feed 5,000 people with nothing. You can do that. Well, I tried and it didn't work. Try again. Well, if, if it doesn't work, then I'll be humiliated. Then be humiliated. Why not? David danced before the Lord with all his might while his wife mocked him. All of this, this covenant, this joint heir covenant is why you and I are able to speak life and death. We're created in his image and we're joint heirs with Jesus. Here's the goal. Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What is an acceptable verbiage? What is an acceptable meditation before the Lord? The Bible. In action and in word, the Bible. That's it. Ephesians 4, 29 and 30. The goal. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. You know what no corrupt word means? I'm going to give you another chance. Do you know what no corrupt word means? None. Zero. Not I got to get it out. Got to roll my eyes. Got to be a snot face. Got to be a jerk. Really got to let them know what I think. No, you don't. Everybody will survive without your burps. Just like they'll survive without the vibrations of your vocal cords. They'll be absolutely fine without either bodily function. Quiet in the house of God today. Lots of people struggle. Lots of people in this room struggle with what you say. Join with your pastor. I struggle with it too. But I really do work on letting no corruption come out of this mouth. I changed a while back. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth what is good for necessary building, necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. There's a stipulation behind this. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You ever read grieving Jesus? You ever read grieving the Father? They're different. The Holy Spirit's the one who's in the room, and what you say can and cannot grieve him. When you close your church for a 99.9% post-infection survival virus, you grieve the Holy Spirit because you walked away from his sword. And Jesus comes and fights against you with the sword coming out of his mouth. That's why there's a lot of churches will never be open again. They're open, but they're not really open. They're dead. And they'll never come back to life barring repentance. 
And grieve not by what you say. Remember, this is all talking about corrupted words, not actions, corruption, corrupted words. Are actions important? Let me go over this with you. Are actions important? Yes. Of course they are. But actions are the beginning stages. What's repentance? It's a 180 degree turn. It's a change of mind. Not even a change of action. So how do you get to a change of mind? Commit all thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. So what you do first, people, I changed my heart and I changed my thinking and it changed my actions. That's impossible. It's impossible. You change your actions to achieve repentance. That's how, listen, changing actions is the attempt at changing the thought process. Changing your words, words are actions. You change your words, that's an attempt at repentance. Because repentance is a literal change of how you think accomplished by changing how you act. It's the reverse of how it's preached because nobody reads their Bible. They go online and type messages, message series from some sermon.com website put out by the Ark Church and the rest of the skinny jean wearing pastor skip verses that are out there. How to build a church by not preaching the Bible, 101. Fantastic. Well, let's look at a lesson learned the hard way. We're going to camp in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. We're going to skip around, starting in verses 1 and 2. Numbers 13, 1 and 2. It's all right. They'll be okay, whatever happened with the chair over there. Numbers 13, 1 and 2. Spies sent into Canaan. A lot of people don't get this story either because they don't think about it. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the promised land, to spy out Canaan, the promised land, the land promised to the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Go spy it out. Now notice what he doesn't say as well as what he does say, which I am giving to the children of Israel. So if it's being given by Yahweh, is it in question? Well, it's been given to you. Are your steps ordered or are they not? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Are your steps ordered or are they not? then why do you spend one second ever worrying? Because you know what? Some of the things I need to worry about might be in those steps. No, they're not. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. That's in your steps. Well, sickness might be part of that. No, lack, no. That's all been bought by the cross. Knock it off and stop talking like the world. The world is not good. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Understand, that's the unsaved heart. That could be Donald Trump. I don't know whether he's saved or not. That's why I don't follow a man. Notice what God is saying and what he's not saying here. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of your fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. Numbers 13, 3. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. Numbers 13, 25 and through 28. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They were also commanded to bring back fruit. 
Then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. All right, so far, so good. Doing good. Here comes the problem. Just like when I counsel Christians, and they start with the three-letter word, but, or I believe. Nevertheless, verse 28, the people who dwell in the land are strong. What's that got to do with God giving you the land? Nothing. Well, you know, we believe God, but it's a virus, so we're going to use wisdom. This, they're no different. They're no different than Saul. Everybody who closed their church is a Saul. Look, I'll say it again just so you're clear. Everybody who closed their church is a Saul. If they haven't repented, they're still Saul, and most of them haven't. Even in the midst of the book of Revelation unfolding before their very eyes, the mark of the beast unfolding before their very eyes, they still refuse to repent and believe they're righteous. That's called delusion, and that's called deception, and it's called a lack of discernment. Nevertheless, we don't need your wisdom, 12 men. Don't need it. It's not what we asked for. That's not what Moses commanded you through the voice of the Lord. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Never ask for your opinion. You're one of those. I just have to get it out. Don't need it, clown show. Don't need it. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak there. Who cares? God speaks a word and people no longer exist. Why are you worried about some giant? Numbers 13, 30 through 33. Here we go. One of the two that gets to cross into the promised land. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Boom, that's what you're supposed to do. Every time, I don't care what the circumstances are dictating to you. You go up at once and take possession of the land. Well, it didn't work in the past. Well, make it work now. Do it again. Supplicate, follow the word of God. And take possession for we are well able to overcome it. How are they well able to overcome it? They have Yahweh. What, what, does men, what, what do men and women matter? What do walls matter? What do castles matter and fortified structures matter? In the face of the almighty God of Israel, nothing. He can speak to them and they disappear. He can wipe you from existence if he wants. Tom, you never existed. <laughs> I'd be like one of those Christmas movies, come back. Where was I? I thought I existed. No, the whole world's changed. That's what he wants to do. He can do it. He said, go up and sp- just go out and check it out. I want you to see what I gave you. And what did they come back with? But the men who had gone up with him said, here's the response to Caleb, one of the few that gets to cross into the promised land. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. We are not able to keep our churches open in the midst of the coronavirus. Same thing. No churches think that about themselves, but God does. He fights against them with the sword that comes out of, their, out of his own mouth, which is the Bible. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Oh my gosh, it's blasphemy. 
Even if you have failed, don't speak that garbage. This is one of the very few moments in my life I wish I could cuss. Don't speak it. Don't cuss either. I'm telling you, that's not a sign of growth. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Do you know how big that is? For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Every idle word a man or woman will take account on the day of judgment. And look at what they did. They gave the people a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. How do you see you? This isn't the power of positive thinking. It's the power of the new covenant. How do you think of you? Are there giants in your land? There is no such things as giants for you. Nothing is impossible for you. Not for Jesus, for you. Of course for Jesus, but he's given you all of his stuff, all of his abilities and all his powers because you're a joint heir. There's no giants in your land. There's no insurmountable obstacle. You're supposed to look at mountains and tell them to go jump in a lake. We were grasshoppers in our own sight. People always reveal themselves. You know, there's common spirits in the world, right? I remember where I was. So I'm going to preach on something. I'm going to preach on, preach on the Democratic Party for a couple of minutes. There's common spirits in the world. Socialists are socialists. They're all demons. They're all power pervs. Like to control people. The common spirits. Joseph Goebbels wrote, always accuse your opponent of that which you are doing. What does the Democratic Party do? Though here, Donald Trump's colluding with Russia while they were colluding with Russia. Always, always accuse your opponent of that which you are doing. What do they accuse all of us of right now? The big lie. Big lie came directly from Joseph Goebbels and Adolf Hitler. It's in Mein Kampf. The term big lie had to do with Joseph Goebbels and Adolf Hitler accusing the Jews. And now who espouses it? Because it's a common demonic spirit. They're always murderers from the beginning. They claim to be for life. They accuse me of being a murderer because they accuse me of what they are doing. Systemic racism in law enforcement, right? No. 60 million deaths per year? 200 a year? 200 a year in the black community from law enforcement. 19 unarmed last year. 19, not 1,900, not 19,000, 19. So they do, it's a common spirit. They're always, this is out of John chapter eight, verses 44 and 45. The devil was a murderer from the beginning. Look for the murderer. Look at me now. Look for the murderer. You'll find the devil. Who is it that's ending human lives on a colossal toll and a colossal amount on a, at a colossal toll? Who's doing it? Oh, we're for, the black, we're for black people. Really? You put an assassination center on every corner called Planned Parenthood in every urban center in America. You're the murderers. It's a common spirit. They start off as murderers and liars. 
It says that, John chapter 8, 44 and 45, he was a murderer from the beginning, the father of lies, and his native language is lying. Common spirit. Right here. Grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were, and so we were in their sight. You don't even know. Do you know what, how did, how did all the nations prior to that respond to Israel? Look at me, how, how did they? Scared to death of Israel. It's cleared out, scared to death. What happened? What happened to you? Numbers 14, 1 through 12. Israel refuses to enter Canaan. That sounds like all the Christians who refuse to operate in the power that's been given to them. Oh, you know what, Thomas? Somebody gets sick with COVID, and you're going to answer. I'm not going to answer for squat. You can take your answering, shove that up your caboose with your vaccines. Prove to me they caught COVID in here. I bound COVID from this room. Man, a soul caught COVID in this building. We should, we should have all sorts of deaths. We should, everybody should be dead. If you believed all your other evangelical brothers and sisters, we've been crawling all over each other since last March. Smashed into this building. I loved it. I told you this last week. I can't remember what service, but I loved it because we used to shoot. Our camera angle used to come this way, and we had all these, these, these seats. We didn't have that many people coming, so all these seats weren't here, so it was a bigger altar area. Jam-packed full of kids. We've always been a young church. Jam-packed full of kids, and it went all out on the internet. Look at them. They're horrible. Armageddon, sky's falling. They're killing all their kids. Ah! Kids are seven to 20 times more likely to die of the flu. They're better off being with me than sucking in their bacteria and the masses you put on their face. They're better off with me. Just join us. You're way more healthy, not sucking in your own latent viruses and bacteria. You want to jam pack? Emergency rooms and ICUs, they're jam-packed full of people with the repercussions of wearing masks. Because here's the science, you ready? The science followers, with Anthony Fauci has revealed through his emails that he's known from day one that it was gain of function. He's known from day one that masks are useless. He's known from day one that it was a lab leak. Liar from the beginning, Hillary Clinton supporting, baby butcher, murderer from the beginning. That's how it always is. It's a common spirit. It's easy to see if you have any level of spiritual discernment whatsoever. It's very easy to see it. Numbers 14, chapter 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. Why? Because of words only. There's no army in their sight. No spears coming their way. No chariots, no horses, no armor, nothing. Words. By your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. Every idle word, you will give an account for it. Remember that when you speak negativity over your business. Oh, we're going through rough times, right? Don't say that. Don't say you're going through rough times with your business, with your family, with your church. Nothing. Say nothing. Let your words, don't, let your stupid words be few or non-existent. What you do is you say, the Lord will supply my need. I will win. That's what you say. Why say the negative stuff? Because I just got to get it out. I'm venting. I asked the first, first service, how many of you believe in venting? Venting's not the Bible. 
The Bible says deny yourself. Venting is indulging yourself. They're crying all night. There's no army in sight. What are you crying about? They're crying about words from 11 men. All of the children of Israel, verse 2, chapter 14, complained against Moses and Aaron. Boy, they, that's pastoring a church. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Well, go back there and die then, clown show. Go right on back there and die, you idiot. Go ahead, waltz on back there and die. Oh, if only we had died in, the, in this wilderness. Keep praying that God will open up the floor for you. Done it before. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? So Yahweh's a lying, is a lying sack of garbage. That's what you're saying to God? That's why he says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. Wait till we see God's response. God no likey. God doesn't like, that's a big problem. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You ought to be afraid of uttering things before God that are pure garbage. Why has God brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Go back then, clown. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. I mean, that was me. I would have been, See ya. Which, by the way, you're going to think this is pure contradiction. You're going to think this may even be blasphemous. I'll show you that's exactly what Moses should have done. I'll show you that in a minute. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the only other one crossing into the promised land, son of Nun and Caleb, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, that's repentance, and they spoke to the congregation of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Are they speaking anything negative? Were there fortifications there? Yes. Were there giants there? Are they speaking it? Do they have to get it out? No, you don't. You never have to get out. We're broke. Don't, why are you saying that? Why would you ever say that? That's, you're, you're exactly the same as the 11. You're exactly the same as Saul. Lord, look, I did what you told me to do. Well, why is it that I hear sheep pleading in the background then? You only did what was in accordance to your own orthodoxy and theology, not the Bible. You don't, venting is not the Bible. Denying yourself is the Bible. You feel, I really got to get it out. That's exactly, that's your moment. Here's your moment. Today, when you feel the need to roll your eyes and look like a condescending jerk, this is your moment to shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Shine and don't do it. Deny yourself. Watch the power of God move in your life as you die and you become alive in him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the, in the spirit, I live by the faith of the Son of God. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Deny yourself. If the Lord, verse 8, delights in us, chapter 14, book of Numbers, 
then we will br- then he will bring us into this land and give it to us a land which flows with milk and honey only do not rebel against the lord how have they rebelled have they left how did they rebel they responded with two words with rebellion words For by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. God doesn't even need your actions. He can judge you by your words. Because God looks, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And how can he tell your heart? Very easy, just look at your words. Well, you know, Tom, sometimes you just need to, to air things out. Now, if it contradicts the Bible, keep your mouth shut. You know, things are just really rough in my family right now. Go enjoy it then because it's going to stay a while. Jesus' style, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, is repentance. It's not his style for you to speak what you've determined to be the reality of the situation. He's a God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That's how you're supposed to speak. Romans chapter four, verse 17. That's how you're supposed to speak. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So if things are really, really terrible right now, what should you call it? Great. No, I'm not gonna be fake. Be fake. If you want that to be fake, actually that's what's real. Fake is real. If you're a Christian, you're in covenant with God. I have a horrible marriage. Well, enjoy it now. You can create life. The tongue has the power of life and death. You just created that. Enjoy that now. You're like, what on earth did I walk into this morning? Bible verses. Bible verses. Why does everybody run from Bible verses? Is this a threat to their own ideologies? A threat to the portrait that they carry around? It's a threat to the image that they have of themselves. Let that image go. Let it go. It's not real. How does God think of you and speak that way? Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. That about makes me want to cry. That's That's how you're supposed to talk. They're our bread. Well, there's one more obstacle we got to get over. That's not an obstacle. That's your bread. Eat it. This is right up my alley, baby. (laughs) Calling me to dine. Perfect. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Luckily, here's how the congregation responded. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. They must be pastoring churches in America. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle meeting before all the children of Israel, verse 10. Verse 11, now Moses intercedes for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? How did they reject them? Were they worshiping idols? No, not at this point, no. Did they turn back for Egypt? They were crying about it and whining about it. No. They They weren't out committing sexual sins, nothing. They were talking. They were talking. That's it. Lots of Christians think they're going to heaven that gossip. You're going straight to hell. 
Oh, where do you get that from? I don't know. Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Revelation chapter, 1, chapter 21, verse 8. Read them for yourself. Think you can go around tearing people up behind their backs and you think God doesn't care? You've become idle, so you wander about from house to house. Not only idle, but gossip, saying things which you ought not. It's out of 1 Timothy. Christians are so bored that they have to entertain themselves at the expense of other Christians because they never pray, they never seek the Holy Spirit, they don't go after God, they never try to find out what they're called to do, so they have to scroll. That's what, it, that's what Americans do, we scroll. We have to be perpetually entertained. So we do it at the expense of other people. Keep your mouth shut, you'll go straight to hell. Read the Bible. But God doesn't go, oh, wow, you know what? I'm going to spare the gossip and not the homosexual. A lot of Christians are absolutely disgusted by homosexuality. Fine. Be disgusted if that's what you want. But I'm telling you, for me, sin is sin. You're a slanderer. You're going straight to hell. You go up and carve me up at Chili's in Northport right after this, and you don't repent, you're going straight to hell. That's a fact. I know you're not. A lot of people, you're used to it if you've been coming here for a while. I, I know. I, I look around the room. I can spot the new people. I love you. I want you to know I love you. I do. I'm telling you the truth because I love you. Jesus said because I, that's in that same verse where he describes the devil as a murderer from the beginning, a liar, the father of lies, whose native language is lying. Jesus says at the end of John chapter 8, verse 45, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. The truth repels you. Don't let that be you. You're a gossip. Knock it off. Gossip separates friends. It's all it does. It'll separate you from the very person you're gossiping with. You'll hate each other. It'll happen. You know why? Because everything you plant into the ground is coming up. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Moses intercedes for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, they saw the daggum ocean split in half and they walked on dry land. <laughs> Come on. I put this on myself too because I've seen the goodness of the Lord and acted just like this. Here comes Jezebel. I'm scared now. What are you, what are you scared now of? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. God doesn't get mad at people. That's a lie. That's a lie from a pastor who's trying to keep your fanny in the seats and paying tithe. God's not mad at you. God doesn't judge you. You always got to put that swarmy ark church spiel right on the end of it. God's not mad at you. It's not our fight. It's not our time. Let's follow the professionals. Let's follow the experts. They're looking out for our health. Have you read his emails? Idiot. Yeah, listen, you think that's, a lot of people, you shouldn't say idiot from the pulpit. Jesus said that Peter was Satan. Jesus said whitewash called the, his rulers of the day. For those of you who follow Romans chapter 13, I know it's nobody in this room, but those of you who are watching or despise me now because you're a Romans 13 Christian, Jesus said to the rulers of the day, you are like whitewashed tombs who indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. You wander about from town to town, from one side of the earth to the other, to win one proselyte. And when you do, you make them twice as much a son of hell as you are. 
I'm nice comparison compared to Jesus. Most Christians, I'm telling you right now, they would kick Jesus out. He would never get past their board to be their pastor. Didn't they, even if they knew it was Jesus. Hey, who are we interviewing to be our new pastor? Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ? Yeah, Jesus Christ. He's coming in to pastor lukewarm assembly. I'll even name it. Jesus Christ, lukewarm assembly. And Jesus Christ is interviewing to be the pastor of Jesus Christ, lukewarm assembly. No, thank you. That's the way it is. That's why no Christian can actually uh, recognize the mark of the beast unfolding right before their eyes today. That's why we need a whole other generation of Christians. Forget those zombie apocalypse people. Let them go. Let them go get, let them make their churches vaccination centers because they took PPP money. Oh, you know what? You took our millions of dollars. You know what? We need a big facility to bring in as many people in for the death jab as possible. Shouldn't preach on the vaccine, but I'll take two minutes. (laughs) Do you realize I'll use, I'll use women's issues as a, as an example. Over. <clears throat> the last 30 years, the VAERS report, V-A-E-R-S, that's where, you get, that's where people send in their vaccine complaints. Over the last 30 years, there has been somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 cases of vaginal bleeding from vaccines, miscarriages, things like that. Just in the four months of this vaccine, there's been 250 30 years versus four months. 30 years versus all other vaccines combined. Combined. All the other jabs, billions of them. 200. Four months, 250. And the church espouses it. I saw a major name. I'm trying to stay off of names for a season. Ask me at the door. I'll tell you at the door. I'll tell you at the door. I'll tell you one on one. I saw when praying for a vaccine. Lord, send us a vaccine. Hmm, let me find that Bible verse. <laughs> Got to use wisdom. That's not in here. Take that genetic altering Pfizer Moderna vaccine. You've lost your ever loving brain matter. I will strike them, 1412, with a pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. What should Moses have done? What should he have done? Now, nobody preaches this because they're scared. They don't want to blaspheme Moses. Moses dead, buried, and rotted away, seated in heaven. Just like you and me, Moses isn't going to have anything more than you have in heaven. I'm not honoring Moses. What should he have done? God offered them. I'll strike them and disinherit them, and I'll make of you a great nation. You know what I would have said? Yep. (laughs) It's like I'm saying now, all the COVID-caving clergy, COVID-caving Christians, bye. Bye. You're welcome to come back if you repent. Don't don't bother. Some of you have noticed, there's been people wearing masks that come in here. They don't ever come back, but they have come in. <laughs> or they come back without a mask, and I don't recognize you. I love you. Great job repenting. I don't hold nothing back. I'm not, gonna, I'm not bending my knee to the zombie apocalypse. 
If you're so spiritually dead that you can't recognize this, I have no interest in, in fellowshipping with you. If God offered me this, I'd go, certainly. Certainly, I'm good, and he should have. Everybody in here probably thinks he did the right thing. He didn't. What did Moses get? Come on. What did he get after this? He, he got 40 years more in the wilderness and died out there. I'm not going to hell for anybody. No, thank you. Jesus died on the cross. He went to hell. He, took the, he, took, he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Tom, can't you just sacrifice for other Christians? No. Not in that way. I'm not compromising the word. God offers me something. Thank you. This might bother Samuel. I'm a gift receiver. My wife will try to talk you out of giving her stuff. I do not. <laughs> oh, you don't really, you know. No, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, thank you. I'll hug you, love all over you. I thank you for my, I tell my kids, I don't tell my, you know, don't give me anything for Christmas. I don't need, I don't buy me stuff. <laughs> I tell them all the time, I want you to get really rich. And when you do buy me stuff. I have no problem with it whatsoever. God says, I'll disinherit them and make of you a great nation. Sounds good, God, me and you. Everybody else can kiss their own rear end. See you later. Numbers 14, 19 through 24. Got like eight minutes to go. Everybody with me? Pardon the iniquity of this people, Moses speaking, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt, even even until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory, verse 22, and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to my father. So they don't get to go into the land of Canaan, the promised land. Why? Why? Words. Words from those who spied out the land and their own words in response to words. All words. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, either the life or the death, will eat its fruit. Make sure that you're eating of the fruit of life. Because they didn't, and either did Moses. He doesn't go in either. If he would have taken God's offer, he would have spent the rest of his life, his 120 years, which you are called to live, Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. I don't care what the AMA says. I heard this on Steve Bannon. can't remember what town it was on. Steve Bannon's the guy who got Trump elected genius on his podcast there was a woman and her secret to surviving the covid crisis 105 was gin gin soaked raisins <laughs> now i'm not endorsing the gin soaked raisins portion 
But she's 105, and everybody thinks you're supposed to be dead when you're 78. It's garbage. It's, you're 78? You got 40 years to go, baby. Fifty. Am I getting the math right? Thirty and twenty. Yeah, fifty years to go. Get yeah, fifty. Fifty years to go. And you're why? Words. You've been told otherwise. Your body's following what you've been told. You speak it. Oh, I'm getting old. Good job. Enjoy that. Moses never spoke it. Moses was 120, 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. Deuteronomy thirty-four seven. 120 years. How did, he, how did he spend his last day? Look at me. How did he spend his last day? Mountain climbing, baby. A lot of you struggle to get out of bed. You're 63. You spoke it to yourself from day one. Don't let it be you. And I, sir, I never speak. I never ask my, there's Norma sitting right here. Ask my family. Do I ever call myself old? Ever? They're like, well, you certainly don't act like very mature. That's true. <laughs> I pick on Norma constantly. She's like my little sister. I'm, I'd rather be my way than yours, Mr. Mature. Mr. Dead and Buried at 71. No, thank you. 50 years left on your lifespan and you just pee-pee it away. No, thank you. Well, I want to be in heaven. That's not what you're called to do. Heaven's not the reward of salvation. The Holy Spirit is. So you're throwing off the gifts of the Spirit to go to heaven. Just like Moses. Here's what I want from you. Well, I'll take the compromised life. I want every, you know. What did, did, did he buy anybody anything? They got the same reward either. They got to prance around the wilderness, the desert for 40 more years. He bought them nothing. When God said, I will make of you a great nation, we'll cast these people off, me and you, brother. I would have run to Yahweh. I've been kissing all over and say, yes. I just, I see, <laughs> Jared's laughing. I see Jared in the front row. They were, Jerry and Tracy came by. I was out walking. They said they could spot me walking from a mile away. I look like a giant gorilla mixed with Sasquatch. My, yeah, my arms don't move a whole lot. So anyway, I was out walking because I broke my previous walking stick in a temper tantrum. So it's truth. I bought a really good, or my family bought for me, a really good walking stick out at the Grand Canyon. It was awesome. I broke it in a temper tantrum. So anyway, slammed it on the ground. But anyway... So they saw it, and then while I was talking to them, I was demonstrating to them how I broke my walking stick on the ground, and I broke the one I had in my hand right there. I say, hey, this is how I broke it, and it broke, and then Jared ran over it with his truck. So anyway, <laughs> it was a broomstick, right? It was a plastic broomstick. That's what I was down to, and it was about this tall, so I could barely even use it, you know? So I blame Jared and Tracy, but anyway, so... Jerry and Tracy bought me a brand new best walking stick on the planet. You know, I didn't say to them, oh, guys, you should not have done that. I was like, yes. Use it all the time. Never go anywhere without it. Love that thing. Pray for me that I don't break that one too. All right, closing here. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you today. 
We also need to pay attention who we're listening to. Matthew 7, 13 through 16, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. What is the verse that follows? Beware of false prophets, which will bring to you the wide gate and the broad way. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing with their swarmy little accents. And their nice clothes and their skinny jeans and their love and their tone. They think that everything, it's a great attribute to endlessly speak at the exact same tone all the time. We love you. We're here for you. Better together. You're home. Take your cardboard signs and you know what to do. So beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. They all close their churches. 1 John 4, 1, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Remember, what did the false prophets do to the nation of Israel? They destroyed it, sent them out into the wilderness for 40 more years simply by words. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. Test the prophets. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Listen, if they're a false prophet, they're going to look like a real one. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. So how do you test the spirits? People say test the spirits, so how do you test them? Go ahead, answer out loud. How do you test spirits? I know you're afraid. I don't blame you. I wouldn't answer out loud in this church. I keep my mouth shutty. I'd be scared of me too. There you go. She just said it. Listen to what they say. Is it this? If it's not this, bye. I'll go to a Bible. I spotted Lee Benz. I'll go with Lee Benz and I. We'll just go have our own Bible study. So the people in the state of Washington need to do. Say Lee Benz and I lived in Washington and I'll switch to Oregon. Switch to California. I ain't going to those COVID caving churches that are back open now at 50% capacity with masks on. I'll just grab Lee. He believes the way I do. And we'll just go ahead and start our own church. We'll go to his house. We'll start out in his living room and we'll start with just the two of us. We'll see what happens. I ain't going back. I'm telling some of you right now, you left your churches and that swarmy pastor's calling you with his love tone. And you're thinking, Thomas certainly is a lot meaner. My heart doesn't race in that church like it does in this one. I don't get butterflies walking into that church. That's because it's the wrong church. You should be scared when you walk into church. How do you test the spirits? How it sits with you? No. Soft tone? No. Their credentials? Well, they've got a master's in theology from Buttkiss University.
not their credentials, not whether it doesn't offend you. None of that matters by their words. That's how you'll know. If it's no Bible, I mean run as fast as you possibly can. It's like I say in our promotional video, you're better off scared than dead. Amen. Stay with Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.